When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. With the Supreme Court hearing arguments on California's Prop 12, there's a lot of questions unanswered in the minds of Wisconsin's pork farmers. Carrie Ritalik joins us to share more about what Prop 12 means. She's also going to give us an update on October Pork Month and the Passion for Pork initiative that started during the pandemic. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess. Carrie, let's start off with an overview on what exactly Prop 12 is and what it could mean for Wisconsin farmers. Goes back. Back to November of 2018, actually, with this carry. And what they're looking at is, at that time, California voters actually passed Prop 12, which imposed arbitrary minimum requirements on farmers to provide more space for egg-laying hens, breeding sows, and calves raised for veal. And so with that action, that's something that we're very concerned about because that's really dictating what our production practices are. So in December of 2018, MPPC, the National Pork Producers Council, as well as the American Farm Bureau Federation, actually filed a legal challenge to Prop 12, asking the court to strike it as invalid under the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. So fast forward to January of 2022, court granted a delay in the effective date of Prop 12 for 180 days after the final implementing regulations, and California has not issued final regulations yet, nearly three years after the deadline. So the U.S. U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear the legal challenge, and in June, this last June, the National Pork Producers Council, as well as American Farm Bureau Federation, filed a joint briefing arguing that Prop 12 violated the U.S. Constitution's Commerce Clause, which really restricts states from regulating commerce outside of their borders. And with that, there was an amicus brief filed and followed up with the fact that there was a reply to the petitioner's. And then in October, the Supreme Court scheduled to hear oral arguments on this. So it's really one of those things that we're looking at, the freedom to operate and the restrictions that this Proposition 12 places on farmers in the opinion of our industry unconstitutional. So the Supreme Court heard arguments on October 11th, but when do we think we'll hear a decision from them? Well, they feel that announcement will be made sometime in uh, early 2023 on what the Supreme Court ruling will be. If the Supreme Court comes back and sides with California, what will that mean to Wisconsin's pork producers? It's really interesting because when you look at California in general and the amount of consumers they have, you know, it's one of those things that they they have a lot of people that they feed and about 15% of the pork that's raised in the United States is consumed in California. California. So any of the product that is actually sold in California have to meet the standards. So it's not just people or farmers that might raise some, and there's not a, a lot of pork raised in California. Most of it comes into the state. Any other state that is actually sending pork to California has to meet these standards if it is upheld. And that would mean that they prescribe exactly what the pen specifications have to be, also uh, prohibits 
breeding pens that provide, you know, a safe space for sows when they recover from having their litters. And it also applies to any uncooked pork sold in California, whether raised there or outside of the state borders. There's just a lot of possibilities of the extra expense to convert our current barns into the space requirements that this this law, this, this Prop 12, would make. And, you know, some of that thing is right, right now the current estimate is about $3,500 or more per sow. My concern would be the possibility that if we are selling our swine through our processors and those processors are sending product to California, we're going to have to adhere to those or possibly face losing that market. And if we lose markets, then we lose the opportunity to raise pigs in the state of Wisconsin. And so we're concerned about it. We are really looking at this as an issue of freedom to operate, and we're hoping that the Supreme Court rules this unconstitutional. Traceability has come a long ways, and we can definitely trace cuts from an animal all the way through to the grocery store. But this certainly will add an extra layer of headache and cost. Well, that would be additional logistics. I mean, when you really look at everything that goes on to create a pound of pork, and you now need to segregate that process as well, it definitely would create additional guidelines and things that you would have to adhere to in order to meet those requirements. So it definitely would add additional work and would add additional costs. And that would be one of the things that, you know, what what happens? Does the consumer help bear that cost? Or does that all come back basically on, on the shoulders of the, the farmer? And that's the concern we have. We don't want these kind of actions to have negative implications to our industry and especially to our farmers' profitability. And pork is such an affordable choice for protein for so many that you would hate to see prices go up there when, when so many are struggling with food insecurity. Absolutely. And that's one thing that we are always really concerned about. If this continues and it, it Prop 12 isn't ruled unconstitutional, I think pig farmers will, will face losses in productivity because they, as they move to new housing and management systems. And then on top of it, it will lead to greater concentration in the U.S. pork industry and the potential loss of individual family farms, which would probably mean higher pork prices at the grocery store and or fewer consumers who could afford this high-quality protein, as you mentioned. Pork is a delicious and affordable option at the grocery store for so many, and October is Pork Month. So tell me, what do you have going on this month? Oh, that's the fun part. Wisconsin continues to really celebrate October Pork Month. We have a program in going on throughout the state right now called Celebrot, and what it is is there's participating uh, small meat processors throughout the state that have cards that consumers can purchase, and if they purchase five pounds or more of brats at their store. They get punches for each pound. And then what they can do is they can submit that back and they send that back to the Wisconsin Pork Association office and they are put into a drawing for gift certificates for additional pork products at one of the participating meat processors. That's something that we have been working on this last year and we're celebrating it during October Pork Month again and looking forward to people participating and hoping that 
that we can continue to grow this and have additional meat processors participate next year. In addition, we are working with other groups. The Southwestern Wisconsin Pork Producers are all supporting an October Pork Month promotion, and they will be offering butterfly pork loin sandwiches on October 28th. And so it's a drive-through event in Lancaster. It's another area that we're supporting. And then we also have been working with folks getting information out about pork to our family and consumer science educators and providing them with grants to promote pork in their classrooms so that they can purchase pork and utilize our lesson plans and promote October Pork Month as well. So we have several different things that we're doing on a a regular basis to assist us in promoting October Pork Month. I have a good friend in the pork industry who has made sure that I know that properly prepared pork should never be dry at 145. (laughs) That's exactly right. We always encourage people to utilize their thermometers. Pork can be just a little bit slightly pink, especially on those whole muscle cuts. So if it's slightly pink and at 145, it's great and you'll let it rust a little bit and it's wonderful, juicy and tender and that's what you really want. And pork is so versatile that you can put it with different flavors and it's just a wonderful protein item to put on as center plate. Carrie, during the pandemic, Wisconsin Pork started a special project called Passion for Pork. Tell me more about that and where that stands today. The Wisconsin Pork Producers has continued to work on the Passion for Pork program. So during the pandemic, we had some of our producers that were getting calls that told them that their load was canceled. We wanted to make sure that that pork could get to consumers one way or the other. So we were really lucky to work with several different meat processing plants in the state, and we got pigs harvested and packaged and got to some food banks. And since that time, um, we've continued to work on this program. Our goal is to have a value-added program that's branded with a Wisconsin raised and to be able to continue to support that. And so this last year, we've continued to work on that. We were fortunate enough to get a value-added producer grant to help us with that. And our goal is to be able to continue to have that in process in the future so that people can purchase locally raised and processed pork from our farmers in the state of Wisconsin and and processed by our processors in the state. Gosh, what a great program. I love to hear about it. Thanks for keeping us up to date on everything going on in the world of pork this month, Carrie. For the Midwest Farm Report, this is Carrie Mess.